Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD 2 100.7. You're home to Dan Patrick Show live Monday through Friday from 6 to 9 a.m. Well, who would have guessed this? The Rangers and the Diamondbacks in the World Series. Who would have guessed this even, say, at the end of the regular season? Out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined in the Sports Zone by Jeff Wilson of Rangers Today. And, Jeff, always good talking to you. I don't think we expected to be talking about this today, but the Rangers and the Diamondbacks uh they uh both faded at the end of the regular season how did the rangers quickly regroup after the seattle disaster weekend and sweep those first two games in tampa like in two days yeah you know it, it's it's pretty interesting these two teams are together because you know the astros are playing the diamondbacks that last weekend and then if if the diamondbacks had won one of those games and the rangers would have won the west and it would have been an entirely different uh scenario but uh you know the the the, the lowest of the lows, the Rangers have had a lot of highs and lots of lows this year, but the lowest of the lows was that, that last day of the regular season when they, they lost one nothing at Seattle, ended up having to play in the wild card round, had to fly six hours to, to Tampa and, and, and get ready for, for games in two days. And uh, I really think that kind of, believe it or not, that flight kind of woke, was a wake up call, you know, and, and, and kind of, they had a lot of time to think about what they what they screwed up and, and and missed out on by by not winning the division and they didn't have a choice they couldn't sulk they had to get ready to go and play and they did and you know winning that first game four nothing uh, great pitching performance from from Jordan Montgomery did just enough on offense and that that seemed to I mean that sparked them they they went they won their first eight postseason games so that's how they kind of turned it around it was unexpected sure i think a lot of people counted them out but um you know diamondbacks i'm sure were counted out too and 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 yet here we are that's true we are both these organizations you know lost 100 plus games just a couple of years ago let's uh talk about the rangers i think the rebuild quickly started with the middle infield uh, combo signings of Corey seager and marcus simeon uh i think that got everybody's attention certainly got mine i remember that what did you think mm-hmm. when they signed that duo seemingly like within hours of each other that first off season? You know, it, it, it was quite a, it was quite a Sunday. I, re- I remember that. And, um, you know, with the deadline, the, the lockout was looming and, and, you know, the Rangers obviously wanted to get their business done and uh, they, they did. And, but still, even then you knew that this team wasn't, wasn't built to, it wasn't, wasn't a finished product. And, you know they went out and they only won 68 games last season, and and you know Corey Seager will even admits it. You know he's like yeah, the signings were great, but they didn't sign any pitching. You know it was a it was a process, and and they were going to get position players uh, before 22, and then they were going to get pitching this year, and and they did with Degrom who was injured, but Nathan Navaldi who's a workhorse in the postseason. But you know they they knew they knew that they weren't there yet. Uh, last season, uh, even after signing Seager and, and Simeon for what five hundred million dollars, and you know, flash to this season, you get a little more experience from from some of the young guys who who scuffled along there in twenty one and twenty two. You know, Adolis Garcia became a a, a better hitter. Um, the the pitching did did make a big difference, and and you know, this team is they they believed they believed in spring training that they were going to at least contend. And, uh, you know, some people might have rolled their eyes at it, but then they came out hot, played really, really well, and then figured it out down the, down the, 
stretch to at least get a postseason berth. Yeah, you know, since the uh, Seager and Simeon signings, yeah, you know, Chris Young became the general manager. Now, some of the key places were already there, but you know, what has he uh, basically brought, and uh, what, what's impressed you most about his addition, Chris Young's? Yeah, you know, I, I think it, it's 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 pretty unique these days that that a former player is a general manager, and and it's not like he's sixty years old. I mean, he's he's he he's Shoot, he didn't retire until 2017, so he's he's been in the game recently. He understands the game. He understands the trend, uh, but he still understands that that um, he he's not full on analytics. You know, he, he he understands that there's a human element to the game. There that that analytics are just predictions, and, and that you can you can never really predict what's going to happen in baseball. Uh, the fact that he pitched, I think, is attractive to to free agent pitchers. He can speak their language and 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 tell them why they're going to be successful at, at Global Life Field or or and and what the Rangers have that will make them successful as far as R and D and things like that. So, I think that's that's something that's kind of overlooked. And, you know, the, these days you don't you just don't see a ton of former players who are in positions like like he is. And maybe it's because they made a ton of money and, and don't want to do it. I mean, Chris Young made a lot of money, but. Um, you know it, that I think that's kind of a secret, a secret weapon. He can speak their language, uh, and 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 they they respect they respect him more than they do uh, some Ivy League guy with a degree in you know economics. Talking World Series, previewing the World Series. Jeff Wilson of Rangers today. Bruce Bochy hired last off season. I actually remember seeing Bochy here during spring training after uh, he left the Giants. And I remember thinking at the time, he's not done. <laughs> so how did he land in Texas? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, that's another Chris Young uh, success there. Uh, Chris spent one year in San Diego with Bochi as manager, and uh, really, ever once they once they got rid of, uh, and they got rid. That sounds terrible. Once they dismissed uh, Chris Young, uh, Chris Woodward, who really was dealt a poor hand there. Uh, anyway. Bochy seemed to be the guy, you know, and, and, and he had to be, he had to be talked off the couch, you know, but Bruce Bochy didn't want to just go manage somebody. He wanted to manage a, a winner. And you say, well, geez, the Rangers were, were 68 and, and 94 in 2022. Uh, but Chris Young laid out the, the plan. He showed him the farm system. Uh, they knew the, the, co- the core position players were going to be in place. They, you know, Chris Young told Bruce Bochy, we're going to go get starting pitching. And this thing's going to come together, and and it did. It, it might have come together a lot faster than they thought. Um, I don't think they expected to be in the World Series this year. I'm sure they thought that, you know, best case scenario, they'd be a playoff team. Um, but uh, you know, Bruce Bochy was not going to come back and manage the Oakland A's, for instance. You know, he was yeah. he wanted a situation where he could win, and and um, you know, you, you just see him day to day. He's the same guy. Uh, he's, you know, he likes to joke around a little bit. He, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't waste a lot of time talking. Um, he gets to the point, but he brings respect, you know, his, his pedigree, his track record, the, the players see it and understand it and, and abide by what he says. And, um, it's the, the Rangers aren't here without him. I think that's, I think that's, uh, you know, you can talk about all the, the off season acquisitions they made last year. That, that one, that one's at the top of the list. 
Nathan Valdi, you mentioned him. He did not look good for much of September after he came back from the injury. How how did that change, or was it? You know, it's just kind of like it's October, so Valdi's going to get everybody out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know they it, it was they they had a choice. You know they they could have they could have sent him out on a couple rehab starts, um, but they didn't. They wanted the, him to build up in the major leagues, and they treated it like like you would a spring training. Like his start, his first start was two innings or thirty five pitches. And, and and it just built by an, an inning and 15 pitches each time. And you're right, it wasn't good. The command wasn't wasn't very good. Um, but but he said probably that his last two starts of the regular season was where it started to come together. And and he, you know, he he had a start at Seattle, and he was like dominant for three innings, and then it just fell apart on him. But that was that that start uh, really had a lot of the the things that you're seeing now and. Uh, I think there is an element, you know. I, I believe that that guys do have a big game gene, and that they are are able to dial it up a notch. And um, he's done that. I mean, he's four and zero. It's it's so much confidence when he's on the mound with the team. And um, man, it's it, it'll be it'll be a, it'll be interesting to see what he does tonight. He's on he's on normal rest. Uh, he's and he's you know he's got a tough tough guy. He's starting against, so uh, that might make him even more uh, dialed in. I'm not sure, but. It's been fun to watch for sure. Jordan Montgomery, uh, you know, I was really wrong about this guy, but I don't feel too badly because apparently the Yankees and Cardinals didn't think he was their long-term <laughs> solutions either. Uh, but he's been unbelievable. You mentioned that game in Tampa. Why has he been this effective? And and I guess I, he, I assume maybe maybe not. He's priced his way out of Texas after this year. Yeah, uh, that's that's probably going to be the big storyline for for the Rangers this offseason for sure. I mean, I you know, he it's not like he's making a ton of money this year. He's only making 10 million. I mean, I, you know, all eyes have been on him and he's definitely uh raised his price as you said, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Rangers took a stab at him, you know. I, um it, it, maybe maybe you know maybe he takes a a little a little bit less to stay with Mike Maddox and and I think that's probably the the been the main ingredients for him. You know, they were together at, at in St. Louis for those last few starts in '22, and, and Montgomery pitched well. And then he came over, and and right away, you know, Maddox, you know, didn't change the way he pitches, but he he asked him some questions like, "Why aren't you throwing this pitch anymore?" And and just little things like that. And and he started going. Montgomery started going back to his full arsenal. But man, his his curveball is is a really unique pitch. It, it just chewed up Jordan Alvarez in that Astro series. Uh, but he throws a heck of a changeup too, and you know he's always he's always around the plate. You don't see him missing wildly. So um, this is a this is a good guy, a good guy to have. Um, big likes likes to pitch deeper into games, even though the Yankees never really let him. Um, it, it's been a uh, a key addition, you know. When they got Max Scherzer. I think some people thought they were done, but they couldn't have been done. They needed to go get somebody else. And, and all along, Mike Maddox wanted Jordan Montgomery. Speaking of Mike Maddox, just for fun, uh, when you talk to him, does he like put his hand on your shoulder and then talk to you? <laughs> I don't. I don't recall that ever happening. But he, you know, he's a he's a big fist bump guy, so I get a lot of fist bumps from Mike. But uh, he he's something else, you know. I mean, if you look at his his track record as a pitching coach he's only missed the playoffs like three times and and it's it's pretty remarkable and 
he breaks down a lineup so well, and then and then you know just notices little nuanced things like like pitch selection, and and, and is able to to help pitchers out, and and um, you know when he when he takes a visit, I mean it is it, it is interesting. You know you can he never jogs to the mound, and and he. he Tries to reassure him. I don't think he does it to to, to Max Scherzer. I don't think Max Scherzer wants anybody touching him in the, during, during the start. But um, it, it's it you know Bochi Bochi and Maddox huge additions. All right, the bullpen. Uh, you know they've figured it out. Is that the most surprising thing that they kind of figured this out when they needed it the most? Yeah, you know they they they've they've struck on a couple couple guys who who. They were counting on early in the year, and, and they didn't perform very well. They were injured, or, or whatever, <laughs> whatever it was that was holding them back. But uh, Josh Spores is an is a underrated guy who's who's really become, uh, I would say, more more reliable than Aroldis Chapman for sure. Uh, and then Jose Leclerc, who's been with the organization forever. Honestly, I think since 2010 is when they first signed him out of the Dominican. Uh, he was kind of injured at the start of the year, had a, had a neck deal that kept him out of the World Baseball Classic, and uh, now he's now he's back where he he was when he was at his best, you know, in, in 2020 and 2019 and 2021 uh, before he blew out. So um, it's the timing couldn't be better. You're you're absolutely right on that, uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if John Gray, the the starter who uh, was injured late in the year, if he if he plays a role in this series because. He made one appearance in, in the ALCS and came out and was throwing 98. You know, I think he hit 99 maybe, and it's just, you know, he's a hard-throwing guy anyway, but if he can just focus on his fastball and his slider, he could be a real real useful weapon over, over one inning or, or even over two innings. So I would, I would, I would kind of circle that one and, and, and uh, keep an eye on John Gray. Talking Rangers with Jeff Wilson, you know, the offense is, you know, collectively during the season, uh, you know, amongst the best and, you know, for the most part during the season, the best in baseball. I'm not going to get really deep into that. Certainly they've had you know, their peaks and valleys too, but I do think I follow baseball closely. I didn't know who Evan Carter was before like the last few weeks. How's he gone yeah. from like nobody knows who he is to starting outfielder in a World Series team? Well, you know, if you go back to when he was drafted, it was the COVID draft, and he was taken 50th overall, and, like, the Rangers made the pick during a commercial break, and the, the TVs <laughs> came back, and they had no idea who Evan Carter was. No idea, because he, he didn't do the, the, you know, perfect ball in the summer circuits and showcase events, and they just didn't know who he was. And um, the Rangers swear that if it hadn't been for COVID, they wouldn't, they wouldn't have gotten him because he would have, you know, scouts would have seen him and he would have been a first round pick. Um, so he's, you know, he's this young guy and, you know, young guy, he just turned 21 in August and uh, he, he's, he's been there. He was their top prospect after Josh Young ran out of eligibility. Some people even had him above Josh Young. He's fast. He he just does not chase out of the strike zone. It's it's remarkable for yeah, exactly. a kid his age and, and lack of experience to just he just doesn't budge on these pitches and, and draws walks and and if he does get a called strike against him, you're really questioning the umpire. I mean he, he's that that good and uh, but he can play defense too. You know he's not really a left fielder. He's a center fielder, but you wouldn't really know it. He's played so well out there. But 
um, this is this guy's going to be a cornerstone for for several several seasons. You know, he's he's uh, and he's got a chance to get bigger too. He's so wiry and and uh, he still has some some punch. So uh, there's a lot of reason to be excited about Evan Carter and what what he's doing though is just I think it's even surprising the Rangers. You know, I I just they knew he was good, but this good in this situation, he's he's just been unflappable and um, pretty remarkable, really. Okay, next to last here, what what are some other World Series storylines that you're you're really you know cl- closely paying attention to here? <laughs> yeah, you know, I I think I, I I'm curious to see if uh, the Rangers are going to be able to control the Diamondbacks' running game. You know, it's it's. Uh, Jonah High is a, a really good catcher. He's he's got the the Golden Glove finalist. He had a huge throwout in, in Game One of the division series against against the Orioles. Um, but you know, stolen bases bases are stolen on in most cases the the, the pitcher and their leg kick and you know is a slide step going to affect Nathan Avaldi's effectiveness? You know, something like that. I think that's pretty interesting to to see. And then. Um, yeah, the you know the Rangers, it's it it it's still the the bullpen is and and I know what we've seen this postseason, but the bullpen is just such a throughout the year. If you watch the Rangers, like I have, it's 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 been hit or miss. I mean, they they had more more blown saves than successful saves. I mean, it, it it's ridiculous how bad the, the bullpen was. I mean, there's no other word to say. It, it was bad, and 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 you just feel like you're living on borrowed time. Maybe if you're a pessimistic Rangers fan. So I just, I just think that uh, th- those are two of the storylines that I'm kind of following. And, and then Corey Seager, <laughs> he's so darn good, you know, and, and he has some, ex- the world series experience. He's, he's faced the diamondbacks, you know, for, for a lot of his career. I know the team has, has changed significantly, but uh, I still think that Corey Seager has a chance to, to be a real good, real good, uh, real, real good player in this series. I've been saying this for like five years, maybe longer. If any, if a pitcher throws him a first pitch fastball, they should be removed from the game. I mean, what are they, what are, what, what are they thinking? So, yeah, you know, and, right. and it, it, it's amazing. It's amazing. He will not miss a fastball. It's amazing. Yeah, it definitely is. All right, last up, uh, they've gone from underdogs uh, in all these uh, playoff series in the American League now to a, I think, a substantial favorite in the World Series as far as the betting odds. What do you, do you now expect them to win the World Series? I, I don't know. You know, it, it, it's just kind of going back to the bullpen thing. This team's been up so up and down the last couple months, but they're they're in a good place for sure. Uh, but I tell you what, they respect the heck out of the Diamondbacks. I think that they would have rather faced the Phillies, to be honest. I think that they, the Ooh. Phillies are easier to pitch to. I think that, that um, the, the Phillies have have the power. You know, they have like it was. They have they're like if you're a foot if they're a football team, they have the, the big play guys who can who can burn you uh, for a 80 yard touchdown. But I think that that the Diamondbacks have a lot of different ways to beat a team, and I, I think that I think that that's something that the Rangers have have considered is that you know the Philly the 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 Diamondbacks aren't going to outslug anybody it's going to be you know putting the ball in play and and running the bases and manufacturing runs and and you know in the, in this day and age you don't see that very much so i think that uh it, i i do think the Rangers are a favorite just you know on paper you look at what they've got uh rotation wise with with Evaldi and 
and Montgomery and what they've done this postseason, and then you know the offense, which is so deep and Seager, Simeon, Adolis Garcia, Mitch Garver, Josh Young, just you know Evan Carter, all these guys that can that can go out and beat you. So I would say that they have the edge, but I don't know. I, I really don't. I really don't know how to have a feel for this one. Thanks, Jeff. Always a pleasure talking to you. Have fun. Okay, Bob. Thank you very much. Jeff Wilson of Rangers Today. Always good talking to Jeff. I remember uh, some spring trainings. We used to do the uh, spring training Cactus League previews, and we were not necessarily talking about the uh, Rangers in World Series type of terms, uh, and with good reason back in those days, but things have changed. All right, next segment, phone call time, 602-260-1060, and also today's local roundup, including more on the Diamondbacks Rangers World Series. And uh, we'll get to uh, whatever else, maybe some Suns in the next segment, too, as uh, they, uh, unfortunately for them, had to play the fourth quarter last night in Los Angeles. You're listening to Sports with Bob Kemp on KDUSAM 1060 and Cast Lux HD 2 100.7.